0: Join me in prayer. Most High God, may the words which are spoken and the thoughts of all of our hearts and minds be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. And so the season of Lent begins. Every year, we talk about getting ready for Christmas. We rarely hear getting ready for Easter. But I think this might be a good year to prepare ourselves for Easter, for rebirth, for new life, for new hope, and above all, for new peace. Lent begins in our lectionary passages with the temptations of Christ. Temptations are troubling experiences which every human has had to face one time or another. We pray in the Lord's Prayer, asking God not to lead us into temptation. And I do appreciate the shift which we use in our reciting of the Lord's Prayer, do not let us fall into temptation. This reflects, I think, our belief that God does not lead anyone into temptation. Probably because we can find it so easily on our own. When I left home for college, I must confess I succumbed to a number of temptations. I think maybe that's one of the purposes of a college education. (laughs) Having been raised in a faith tradition where we spent two hours at church every Sunday morning for worship and Sunday school, and another two hours every Sunday evening for youth group and another worship service, you can understand the temptation on those Sunday mornings after Saturday nights in college not to get up and go to church. Oh, we joked about it, claiming that we had gone to Bedside Baptist, or Rollover Reformed, or St. Mattress by the Springs. (laughs) Depending on our faith tradition, those temptations often won. One of the books I read in college was Nikos Kazantzakis' The Last Temptation of Christ. In it, he describes a number of of temptations in Jesus' life and his constant struggles with temptation, the last one being the temptation to avoid the cross. There are some Biblical scholars who reject the notion that Jesus ever fell into temptation. They say that the writers of the Christian scriptures could not allow Jesus to succumb to temptation because he was divine. They wanted to reinforce that sense of divinity and to remove any hints that he was at all human. However, we need need to look no further than the story of Jesus who went missing when his parents and friends were going home after having been on their pilgrimage to the temple in Jerusalem. So when his parents, Mary and Joseph, suddenly became aware after a day's journey that Jesus was not with them, they quickly returned and looked for Jesus and found him engaged in discussions with the scholars. You can be sure that her motherly instincts allowed Mary to read him the riot act. Oh, Jesus, what agony you put me through. Your father and I were worried sick about you. Is this any way to treat your mother? Now get back on the road to Nazareth, you ungrateful little schmuck. Mary did speak Yiddish, of course. Today, the first Sunday of Lent, we begin with the temptations of Jesus. And in some religious traditions, there is the practice of penance, where the faithful are asked to give up something that they particularly enjoy for the 40 days of Lent. That's not really been a major part of our particular Protestant tradition. I usually tell my friends who do practice self-denial that I have also given up something for Lent which I enjoy. As a Dutch Calvinist I tell them for Lent I've decided to give up guilt. It's interesting. In the passage we read today's lesson to follow the progress of the tempter's questions. Note that Jesus responds immediately to the first temptation by quoting Scripture. Deuteronomy 8, verse 3, we don't live by bread alone. In the second temptation, the tempter states that if Jesus, if if, if Jesus would worship him, Jesus would become king of the universe. a temptation that I think we see playing out in Eastern Europe right now. So Jesus responds with even more scripture. You will worship the most high God, God alone will you adore. The tempter realizes suddenly that Jesus always responds by quoting a verse of scripture. And so the third time, the tempter begins himself by quoting scripture to Jesus, Psalm 91, that God will tell the angels to take care of you. And Jesus responds with another quote from Deuteronomy, do not put God to the test. I must confess that in spite of Jesus' use of Right of the writings of his own faith tradition. I have some problems with the Bible quoters. I don't know about you, but I quickly become tired of listening to people who can quote the Bible at the drop of a hat. People whose answer to everything is a scripture verse. There was a time in my early life when I thought that if I was ever to become successful as a Christian, I had to memorize passages of Scripture. I really did try, but eventually I became suspicious of all the easy answers that people had when they could drop a Bible verse into a conversation. Even today, there are bookmarks and websites which lists life's problems, followed by a verse of scripture which they believe will solve that problem. If you're depressed, read this verse. If you're lonely, read this verse. If you have doubts and fears, read this verse. Easy answers to every question. Before I entered seminary, I asked a member of the faculty if going to seminary would give me answers to life's questions. He wisely said, probably not. But seminary will make sure that you're asking the right questions. And so it did. And most people who can quote the Bible are not interested in a conversation because they have nothing left to learn. God said it, I believe it, that ends it. Jesus faced many other temptations during his life. That shouldn't surprise us. Note that Luke writes, when the devil had finished all the tempting, Jesus was left alone the devil awaited another opportunity. I particularly like the Revised Standard Version translation of that passage. It says, the devil waited for a more opportune time. Those opportune times occurred throughout his life particularly near the end in the Garden of Eden, when Jesus prayed that God would find another way. In fact, the last temptation was facing him at his crucifixion, where he was mocked twice by the Roman soldiers and by one of the thieves crucified with him. If you are the Messiah, save yourself and save us. What do these temptations teach us about God, about ourselves? More importantly, what do they teach us about who we are? The answer to those three questions is very simple. First, God is love. Second, We see the face of God most clearly in the face of Jesus the Christ. And third, we are broken people who need to be loved. There's another question raised by this story. Who are the devils in our lives? Now, devils are not big monsters with horns and forked tails and wicked glimmers in their eyes. The devil is taking the, taking the line of least resistance. The devil is laziness. It is blaming someone else for our own decisions and irresponsibility. The devil is apathy, injustice, physical brutality, and cruelty. The devil is not caring about the needs of others in our world, our community, our neighborhood, our church. And the flip side, the devil is not letting others know our needs, our hurts our sense of isolation. We are a congregation of pilgrims, and we're on a journey. We've recently lost a well-loved pastor and prophet. We've lost other significant members of our band of pilgrims and we're trying to find our way through the wilderness. So far, this period of time has not been easy. We've lost many of our usual ways of being together. On top of that, we are masked and don't always recognize each other. There's no clue as to how long this time of uncertainty will last, and we're tempted to look for a scapegoat, a sacrificial lamb, to take away all of our faults and our sins and our shortcomings. We don't know what the future holds for any of us. But we're here. We're together. Emmanuel. God is with us. I'm reminded of a statement made by the pastor, John Robinson, the leader of the pilgrims before they left Europe for the new world in 1620 402 years ago Robinson said what regardless of whatever you have seen thus far and whomever you have been following it is always time to ask the question does God have yet more truth to break forth from His Holy Word. To examine truth in this way with boldness and to act upon the things we find in the pages of Scripture will require us to have great singleness of mind, a focus. Are you willing to be one who is ever moving on in the light of the Word of God, regardless of where those before you and around you may be, Are you going to be willing for God to fill your heart and mind with a Pilgrim Spirit? Following these temptation stories, the next thing Luke reports is Jesus returning to Galilee, standing up in his his home synagogue in Nazareth, and reading these words from the prophet Isaiah. The Spirit of God is upon me because the Most High has anointed me to bring good news to those who are poor. God has sent me to proclaim release to the captive, recovery of sight to the blind, to liberate the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of our God's favor. Our Lord Jesus Christ is with us through our temptations our failures and our victories he did not take the easy way out he is with us always and forever amen amen